Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Had uh, another 50-50 week, good and bad, or let me not say good and bad. Um, Some days were smoother than the others, but some days were equally as annoying. The the better part of the week was uh, the lady that was harassing me last week um, telling me that I was lying about the system downtime and, you know, kind of just harassing me. Uh, she's no longer with the company. And I don't I don't wish, especially in this economy, I don't wish, you know, that type of um, response on anyone. But you can't be doing people crazy. And, you know, it's going to catch up to you after a while. I know I said last week, like I wanted to I wanted, like, I was in so much rage because I knew that I was right. I knew that I wasn't lying. I knew that I was taking every step as the company rules go. And I was still being called a liar, basically. And your story's not adding up. And that bothered me all week. Like, that really, really stressed me out to the fullest. And it was overwhelming. Uh, uh, It was very overwhelming. Um, I do still, like I had another meeting with HR and then now the other lady that's on the complaint, she wants to have a meeting with me, like a one-on-one. And this lady been here for like almost two years. I've never had a conversation with her yet. She jumped in on the harassment with the other lady that got fired. And I'm not nervous or anything. Like I reached out to my HR rep just to let her know, like, yo, I never met with this lady before, um, you know, I might need you present just in case. And it's just frustrating that you have to go through that type of stuff. Like, especially for me, I'm the first one to help. I don't complain about helping. I don't complain about, you know, them. Oh, we need every, we need you to work OT. I don't give no pushback. Uh, Like I always say, as long as it's not nothing illegal, that's going to put me in jail. Or as long as it's not a life or death type situation, you know, this is your company. I work here. Nobody's putting a gun to my head. But when you turn around and you're you're extremely disrespectful, especially without having a conversation with me, and you're trying to do everything over text, and I get you have to have a paper trail and all that, but clearly a lot is being lost in translation when it comes to just text because you don't really know what the issues are. And a lot of times it's too much to text. So it's like, why won't you just have a conversation? And that was my thing last week. Like we haven't we we haven't even had a conversation about what's really going on. You guys are having me keep texting, keep texting, and y'all are, y'all not trying to hear what what the issue is. So again, I, um, I have a, a another HR meeting this week, and then I have a one on one with with the lady that's on the complaint. Which again, I'm waiting to to hear back. But I've just been really really stressed dealing with all this, um, and then dealing with my kids, um, y'all know, like, I'm ride or die for my, for my kids, but they have been frustrating me to a very high level with, uh, with how they're speaking, with them not cleaning up after themselves, with them, you know, being, you know, overly needy, right, and they get money, but, 
they still depend on me for for a lot of things, right? I'm still their dad. I'm always going to be there to help them. But for me, I'm trying to teach my kids that even if you are not required, right? Like they're not required to put in on rent, electricity, food, none of that, right? Even if you're not required to do so, it doesn't give you the right to continue to take more than necessary, and that's a problem that I have with the kids right now. Like they, uh, they are in that phase of their life to where they just want what they want, how they want it. And they don't see the issue with, uh, um, they don't see the issue with how they're behaving. And so I sat them down this week and I'm like telling them like, y'all are being extremely selfish with my time. Y'all are taking advantage of my not putting my hands on y'all. Y'all are taking advantage with, of me not arguing with y'all and stuff like that. I said, y'all pretty much have free living. I don't, and not free money, uh, monetary wise. Like I'm not a, I'm not one of them strict parents. Like as long as you have communication with me, like I don't, I don't really care what's going on. Again, same rules that I apply to myself. If it's not life or death, if it's not, you know, jail and versus jail and freedom, do what you're going to do, figure out how you want to live your life. And then I'll step in to kind of help guide you there. But I had to tell them, you know, it's too many days to where I have to come in and be like, yo, clean up. It's too many days to where I have to be like, yo, y'all ate up everything. Like, I am the only one. Like, I don't get child support. I don't get no financial nothing. I minus like 400 a month. So pretty much I get $100. I get $100 in stamps per kid a month. Other than that, I don't get child support. I don't complain about it or none of that. I just, you know, work overtime when I need to work overtime or I just grind out how I need to grind out. So I was just telling them, I said, a lot of y'all behaviors have changed and I'm confused as to why. Like, I'm confused where the break is in our connection. And if it's something that I need to do on my end, let me know. I said, because I still do the same things that we've always done. We still have our conversations, especially when I'm cutting their hair, twisting their hair, whatever. Um, when I cook, you know, I, we have conversations. The other day, you know, Twin wanted to challenge me in Street Fighter. We play, like, so, was, so I'm like, what's, what's really going on with y'all that y'all feel like this is like this is the route that y'all need to take. So I was very frustrated about that because again, I always say this and this is this is important. And this goes in my opinion, this goes for uh for parents, right? It is the other parent's responsibility to show the kid how to treat the other parent. Like it's my responsibility to teach them how to treat women and their mother and regardless of anything I don't let them disrespect their mom if I hear them if I see a text if I hear you know them on a, like I don't play that not for her sake but because I taught you better than that and so I'm telling them like yo I want to see the kid that when I go up to the school and they're like yo kid is this and that I want to see that kid too I don't like it don't have to be all the time, but I want to see that kid more than I see now, because right now I get the aggression. I get the attitude. I get the uh, the huffing and the puffing and stuff like that. Again, they teenagers and I, I, I get it. But when you are the sole provider, the sole protector, the sole nurse, doctor, chef, uh, tutor, when you have to do all that by yourself. 
and there is not a break in attitude, it gets frustrating. Like I tell them, you guys sometimes get me to the point to where I'll leave this motherfucker. I don't care. Because I know that I've done my part to make sure everything is good, regardless, again, with no help. And so that has been kind of eating at me as they grow up and figure out who they are and me trying to figure out, like, if I doing something wrong, did I break the connection of respect between all of us or, you know, where, where did we go wrong? And so we had a long conversation and I just told him, I said, listen, we just need to get this out of the way so that everybody could be clear on where I stand with everything and nobody take it as a personal attack or anything. And if anybody has something to say while we're, you know, while we're having our conversation, say it, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, like say it, because I'm not the type of parent that I'm above correction. I'm not the type of parent that like, I'm going to treat you how I want to treat you. I'm just not that parent. Just like, you know, I was cutting the hair and I had to tell my 11 year old, like he's, he's super gentle, super gentle. And for me, I don't want to create unnecessary traumas and triggers. So for me, I'm not a dictator to my kids. It's not one of those what I say goes type strict environments. And so I was cutting my son hair today and I said, son, I know you don't like how I've been cutting your hair. I said, you are old enough to tell me that I don't like that you cut my hair off because I'll cut it all the way off and just line them up. I don't, I don't really care. And I mean, like, no guard or nothing. But I heard him say something the other day, and I was like, oh, shit. And so today, without him even saying anything to me, like, I cut it with the guard, you know, one against the grain, gave him a little part. He loved it. I said, son, you're old enough now. You got to stand up for yourself, even against me. Even against me, you got to be able to be like, Dad, I, no, I don't, I don't like that. I said, so is this how you like your hair to be cut? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, from now on, this is how I'm going to cut your hair. I said, but you got to tell me. It's okay. You don't, you, you don't have to like everything that I do. But I'm not here to say, I'm going to cut your hair how I want to cut it because I'm cutting it. I want to know where you feel as my as my kids, where I can improve so that we can continue to grow and have a connection with each other that is not one sided, that is not based on I said it, you do it. Right. And so just thinking about that. Uh, what I was going through this week at work, it really made me want to talk to the kids because I'm like. I see myself to a certain extent, just saying stuff and not having a conversation or them not saying anything back. And it made me think, like, I'm not no bully. I'm not, like, that's just not who I am. But I could come off as a bully if you feel like, man, I, I can't say nothing. So I had to have that conversation with them and open the floor, like, yo, like, I don't, I don't know where, where we got lost at. But this ain't us. This lack of communication, this sneaking girls in and out and, you know, like, that's not me. I'm about safety. I'm about understanding. I'm about making sure everything is on an up and up. Because, again, I'm not going to jail for my I'm not going to jail for something I did or or them. I'm not that parent. 
So I want to make sure that, you know, we have that open line of communication, but I also see in them that they trying to figure out who they are and they don't, you know, uh, my oldest is in a toxic relationship right now, but he's in that toxic relationship. Like I told him, I say, you think that that's okay because that's how your mother treats me. That's all you saw. Like, so to you, you in love, that's cool, that's popping. But that's all you saw, so you don't know no better. I said, if I, if, if, if I really, if I wanted to be disrespectful, if I wanted to intervene, I would make you break up with her. But you have to learn what you will and will not tolerate in your conversations, in the actions. Because uh, he about to be 18 in March. But again, it bothered me because... He's loving. Baby, I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. And I see me all over him, right? I see me all over again as a result to being loving, being caring. Like, I'm down for my partner regardless of the disrespect. I can't have my son like that. I can't have him lose his identity because he doesn't know what to and what not to expect. I can tell him, hey, couldn't be me, blah, 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 blah. But he saw his mother treat me that way and he saw he saw me stay with her for so long while being treated that way he think it's okay and I told him son it's not okay you are entitled to have your feelings and if she doesn't understand do what you have to do right and that, that's difficult because now my son is lost in who he is because this whole time he with this girl and he think it's okay. I was minding my business because I can't teach him certain things. It's no matter what I say, it's going to come off as me trying to just be in his business. Cause he never learned how to, he never learned how to be loved properly in relationships because what he saw was always disrespect towards me. And he saw me tolerate it for so long because, again, like I say, if it's about me and a woman I and I'm in love, I'll be stupid all day because that's how love works, unfortunately. But once it starts to affect my kids, I got to get away from you. So they didn't. So one, the kids never learn how to treat me. And the older two never learn how a relationship is supposed to work. So they think the arguing is love. They think the yelling, they think the nagging, they think the uh, lack of trust, they think that that's love. And so I have to tell them like, yo, no, that's not, that's not it. And we're just a house full of like, like my boy DW always called me a lost boy. And in certain instances, especially as it results to relationships of what, uh, a healthy relation looks like from a woman they have no idea that they, they, they have no clue I taught them how to love I taught them how to be strong I taught them how to care it's, I, I can't teach them the other way I can't and so when going through that, I'm just like, yo, like, it's just crazy how, you know, how your life as a parent, it'll repeat itself in the kids and you have to be able to, you know, to, to guide them through that. And 
I told him what I needed to tell him, right? From my perspective, I told him how, you know, my feelings was hurt. Um, I thought I was doing the right thing because of y'all. And I start realizing, you know, y'all was seeing certain things that y'all shouldn't have to see, hear, or deal with. And that was it for me. I don't want to feel like I have to be in connection to you 24-7, yada, yada. I, I don't want to feel like if I miss a moment, I have to deal with you. Who are you talking to? Uh, where was you at? I don't, I don't want to deal with that. And so I'm teaching my kids, that's not, that's, that's not love. That's not. I started to understand, like, for me, the constant disrespect, it creates a hostile version of myself solely because I'm trying to be the opposite of my parents. And so I'm holding everything in. I'm getting disrespected left and right, but I'm not saying nothing because I'm trying to be cool and I'm trying to be calm. I'm trying to, you know, be expressive in my feelings and it's not working. So now I got to go, like, now I got to either just leave the relationship. Like, I'm not a closure person. Once you disrespect me to a certain extent, I'm out of there. I'm moving on to the next situation. It, it just is what it is. Because my mind says that at the level you are disrespecting me, you should know that this shit done. I shouldn't have to tell you, hey, it, it's over. Nah, you, you're not going to see me again. I know, I know to an extent it's, it's immature, but you, you're not about to keep doing that. And so I started to realize that this, this, this person that was created from disrespect is not who I want to be. It's, it, it, created, um, it created an identity crisis in me that transfer from relationship, friendship, parenting, work, I'm affected by that. Like I, like I struggle with imposter syndrome heavily and it stems from upbringing. It, st it stems from bad relationships. Uh, it stems for, for uh, from dictatorship, from, you know, being, from not being corrected in a healthy way to, to, to being guided incorrectly, it stems from all of that. And because I recognize that I'm not one of the people like, oh, I was raised that way. No, I'm trying to change it. I'm, I'm really trying to, to gain some understanding of what, you know, imposter syndrome is, how it affects me, how do I improve it, how do I, you know, how do I maneuver through it, how do I make sure that, you know, my kids don't eventually uh, suffer from it as well, you know, at least to a high extent, because I do believe in, in, in a lot of us, like, it may not be in depth, but I think that a lot of us have it just in general, um, just because of life. And 
Y'all know, like, I, I have to define it. So imposter syndrome is a persistent feeling of self-doubt and fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of one's accomplishments. Our minds trick us into thinking we don't deserve our success. The internal struggle this creates is a lot of time unbearable, and the harm it does to our mental health is insane. I struggle heavily with being a baby daddy and a baby father. I go through the scenario in my mind all the time about my oldest daughter and how that situation played out, right? And I go through the fact that I have full custody of my sons and how that situation played out. And so even though I'm over here doing everything for my sons and um, they've been living with me almost 10 years straight, dolo I've been getting them to school I've been cutting their hair twisting their locks sewing their clothes doctor's point doctor's appointments PTA stuff games after games after back to school night dolo so when you look at me with my sons it's like yo he's a good dad but outside looking in it's like oh he gave up on his daughter and I struggle with that because I, I like I know that I'm a good father. I know that this is something that I take so seriously. But regardless of what happened in that relationship, I have this doubt in my heart because I'm like, man, like I wish I had that opportunity with my daughter. And some people are like, oh, you got to fight this. You got to fight. You got to keep fighting and keep going and keep going. And it's like. But why? Why should I have to fight for a position that I've earned? Just because the relationship didn't work, it shouldn't be this. But people look at me negatively because I don't, I, 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 I started losing focus of my, the, my kids that I had to take care of because I was spending so much time trying to figure out how to get the kid that I, that I don't have. And so I go back and forth into this circle of, are you really a good dad? Are you really a good human being? Because you have a whole kid out there. And regardless of the fight, you got to keep doing it. Regardless of, you know, the, the, the negativity that comes with, regardless of the disrespect, regardless of the talking down, regardless of the being treated like a like a like the enemy at every turn. So I have to deal with that mentally, and it stresses me out because no one understands. There is no help for that. It it is no help. It's my it's my story and it's her story, right? And for me, it's like I'm not about to tor torture that girl. I'm not I'm I'm not about to do that. My daughter going to come find me one day and she going to have her questions and I'm going to have her answers. And that's just that's just how I feel. I know that that sucks, but I can't spend my life in a fight. That one shouldn't be a fight and then lose myself. And now I'm creating more trauma, more triggered, more mental health issues in my sons because they right here in my face and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do to make sure that they're OK. That fight is that that fight is crazy. 
It's crazy. My struggle is like, I feel even when I'm right in the midst of an issue, an argument, a conversation, a debate, I always devalue my opinion or thoughts because it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting having to prove myself so often when I'm clearly right, but no one, no one, they don't, they don't want to be wrong. It's so much ego in people with so much ego in relationships and work. Uh, uh, the hierarchy in life, the higher hierarchy in business, if you're quote unquote higher, you have a higher title, that ego is heavy on you. Because you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to look away. So you're going to do everything you possibly can to keep the upper hand, not realizing people a lot of times are not trying to fight you for the upper hand. They just want to be heard. They just want to be respected. They just want their opinion to be uh, listened to and respected. I deal so often with like, even when I'm right, because I'm never getting into a battle of I'm right, you're wrong. I It's in the back of my mind. I was there in that situation. I know what I said. I know what I didn't. I know what proof I have. I know what proof I don't. Right. So in the events that I am correct in my assumptions, I am correct in my thought process, my conclusion. I hear things like you're right, but you have to look at it like this. You're right, but. What about, it's never, you're right, my bad, hard stop. Because that's been my entire life, I would rather tuck tail and know in my heart and my mind that I'm right than to argue with you that you're wrong. I have no, there's no value in that for me because it's not about proving you wrong. That's ego. Ego wants, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And you need to know that I'm right. If, if I have facts that I am correct and you have nothing but still say that I'm incorrect, that's a you thing, not me. That's why, I, like I said, I don't argue with nobody. I don't argue with near person. My kids, women, work. I don't argue with people. I see certain things online. I delete it. I'm not arguing with you for what? For what? It's no, it, it, it's no point. But I learned it too late that it's no point. So again, that adds to the imposter syndrome because even when I'm right, I'm wrong. I force myself to, to put myself in a position to be wrong. Even when I'm right. And, and this is, to me, this is a lot of our issues and it escalates the, the mental health stuff. Because we rather, we would rather look crazy to others and know that we're right than look like a fool and arguing with people in the open. And like, for me, I can't speak for nobody else. I'll be pacing. Like, why don't they, well, like, why can't they just admit they're wrong? 
I said a few podcasts ago, like people will do something to you, know it's fully wrong, and instead of apologizing, they'll just let time pass and then they'll request something from you like nothing ever happened or they'll just start talking to you like nothing ever happened. I used to be on the flip side of that, even when I knew that I was right, the guilt of me separating myself from something that was hurting me. I know that sounds crazy, but the guilt from that, like, oh man, I shouldn't be so mad. My feelings shouldn't be so hurt. Again, devaluing who I am for the sake of it looking good to others for the sake of it looking like a strong relationship, a good relationship to others. And now I'm 40 trying to figure it out. Now I'm 40, not wanting to big up my podcast. I'm 40, not wanting to big up my apparel, my shoe company. I'm 40, not wanting to big up, you know, how hard I go for my kids. I'm 40 and not wanting to big up my accomplishments at work. Like, like it's so much stuff that is positive that happens in my life, but who is it valuable to? And so I'll be quiet. And I remain humble, right? Because if you don't humble yourself, life will, it, life will humble you. But what's the flip side to that? How do, I, how do I pop my shit without it being arrogant, without it being cocky? Right? But we lost. Like, I, I just feel like a lot of us is in that space of, I know that I'm good at this. I know that I'm great at that. I know that I respect people. I know that I'm a good partner, a good parent, you know, a good sibling, a good child. A, like, I know that I'm that, but do I? Because the way people talk to me, the way people treat me, it don't seem like that. And we tend to tuck tail. Like, I have, I have two... Like, and I, it just is what it is. And this is the, one of the biggest reasons why, like, I just chill. Because I don't have no middle ground for anything. I've always been like this. Either I'm going to cry or I'm going to kill somebody. That's, that's all I have. That's, it, it, it's either I'm a, I'm a tuck tail or we about, to, we, we about to move some furniture. That's it. And so as I'm teaching myself to get closer to a middle ground, which is conversation, which is understanding, and you still see people are on that, you're going to do what you're going to do what I said, how I said it, or else it's like you start cycling like, all right, do I want to take it there? Is it worth it? I'm very cognizant of how I talk to people. I'm very cognizant of how. I interpret things, I take some time because I wanna understand it before I make my decision. My responses over the past maybe 10 years, my responses have been predicated on, do I care if I speak to this person again? Is this person adding value to my life or are they devaluing it further? Once I come to that conclusion, it's over. And I'm going to stand on it. I don't, it is what it is. I don't care how it looks to nobody. I'm going to stand on it because I'm in the midst of trying to figure me out. I don't need no extra headache unnecessarily. I need to be able to focus on making sure I'm not giving my kids extra issues. I need to make sure that I'm not allowing others to make 
other issues with me because again, I, I don't care how I was raised. I don't care what was done. I'm figuring it out the best way that I can. Like I'm trying to do whatever I can to make me a better version of myself. And again, I, I always get, oh, you think you're better than somebody? No, I'm just trying to heal. I'm not better than nobody. I'm not bigger than nobody. My, my ego is not bigger than nobody. It's about me trying to heal. I'm going to post motivational posts and I'm going to say motivational things, but sometimes I'm going to say fuck these kids because they get on my nerves or sometimes I'm going to be like, I don't want to deal with none of y'all. Leave me alone because I'm human. But I'm finding my own way. Like people grappling with uh, imposter syndrome, you suffer from a, a very high level of anxiety and depression. And this creates an emotional roller coaster. I keep telling y'all, like, it's an up and down thing when you are going through stuff like this. And it affects your overall mental well-being. And, and I don't think that people understand that. Like, a lot of people think that it's just a mood. And it's not. Like, when you're affected with depression and anxiety to, to real levels, it's not just a mood. Trust me, there's nobody on earth going through any type of mental health issue that doesn't wish that they could just be like, all right, be better, and then you be better. It's very few people that just let these mental health issues ride out without trying to help themselves. But everybody think that it's, it's a matter of, yo, don't, don't be sad. Don't be anxious. So then we, we, we have this fear, right? Because for me, as I'm going, as I'm trying to, you know, go through my healing thing, I feel like when I have my bad days, people look at me as a fraud. And I don't know if anybody else that struggles with this feels like this, but a fraud as in like, if the kids piss me off and I'm like, fuck them kids. My fear in that is like people take that literal and not understand that while I'm saying that I'm cooking their dinner. While I'm saying that I'm in there, you know, playing on a video game with them. While I'm saying that I'm, I'm talking to them about homework, about life, about their interests, about what's going on. But you have that feeling of, dang, people gonna think I'm, I'm a fraud because I have emotions. But the reality of it is, is what is there to really to find out? I told y'all my secret. I'm a baby father and a baby daddy. That's the only thing that in my life that I feel a slight bit of shame, even though I was there and I know how it happened. I know why it happened. It's just there. So if this podcast take off, if the apparel take off, if somebody come out and, and oh, well, he has a kid, he has another kid. No, Kevin, Keanu, Kingston, Carson, Imani, Kennedy, rest in peace. Rest in peace. That's it. I'm not ashamed of nothing. I, as long as my kids are good with me, I could care less about anything on the outside. Now, the mental stuff that has been created, I'm working on that part so that I can believe in me as much as I say that I do. See, a lot of times I just say stuff out loud. 
it'll click one day. It like it'll it'll click. I'm very much one of them people that like I have to keep telling myself, "All right, you good, you good." I could be in the worst position, feeling the worst. Like right now, my jaw is swollen, my hip is swollen, been coughing up phlegm, uh, my eyes are sunken in. I'm on this podcast though. I'm on this joint doing it for a little saint. One time for the one time. Because I have to get this stuff out of my head. I have to show you all that it is okay to go through the things that you go through mentally and not be less than. You're not less than because you have depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolarism. Like you, you're not a, you're not less than. You're just going through some struggles. Don't stop being afraid to talk about it. Stop being afraid to be a functioning person with these things, right? We laugh all the time. Oh, I'm a functioning alcoholic. Oh, I'm a functioning weed head. Da, 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 da. I'm more focused when I'm intoxicated. Da, da, da. It's like, but we ashamed to be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm high function, but I, I have a high level of clinical depression and anxiety. I'm not ashamed. I'm not allowing this diagnosis to alter who I am to the extent to where I'm a downplay it. I'm still complex, the poet. I'm still peanut. I'm still the gimps. I'm still weather. I'm still, I'm all of those things. I'm still fighting. Words to Antoine Fisher. I'm still standing. I'm still strong. Yeah, there's certain days that it's difficult for me. You know, the other day I was going through some stuff, dealing with the stuff from work. And this is what this is why I tell you, all everything be going hand in hand. I was looking for some paperwork for my case at work. I came across Kennedy's cremation record. Now, I thought I moved everything in the open. Right. Like I'm in my podcast space to the left of me I, is her urn, her setup, you know, her shrine, what have you. I walk past it every day. Fine. I know my child is not coming back. For whatever reason, I saw that cremation record and lost it. I lost it. It felt like just yesterday I was holding my child dead in my arms and dealing with them saying, hey, call this number because we can't keep her here forever. We, we, we got to do something. And all of that start flowing in my mind like, damn, I have a I have a, a, a daughter that never got an opportunity to experience me as a father. That rolls over into dang, my oldest daughter, she only got two years of who I truly was. And I got pictures after pictures of us loving each other and there not being near a problem. But I only got two years of that. And so now I'm in the cycle of, am I a good person, a bad person? Um, what do I do here? What do I do there? And so I get lost in this imposter syndrome because now, you know, I couldn't protect my oldest daughter from being taken away from me. I couldn't protect my youngest daughter from dying, right? Realistically, come on now. I don't know how not to feel that, but I'm trying because there's 100% proof that I am a great father, even though, even in those short two years that I, that I was with my oldest daughter. I still have proof. 
I have day-to-day proof with my sons. It's intriguing. It's intriguing how um, imposter syndrome and mental health feed into each other because the more we doubt ourselves, the more stressed we become. But the more stressed we become, the more we doubt ourselves. And we have to find a place in that cycle to rest. We always start what we feel like, what we perceive as setbacks. And then we get lost in that and we start feeling less than within ourselves. Now, once I feel less than, I'm doubting everything that I do, right? I'm doubting, dang, I like this hoodie, but they're going to say it's ugly. Dang, uh, I like this poem, but it's not hidden right no more. Dang, I got a whole book. Nobody wants the book. What am I even selling it for? What do I even have a business for? Um, I'm not rich. Why am I, why, you know, how am I taking care of these kids? Like all this type of stuff just comes in your mind and you start doubting every single thing that you need to do. And so you start pulling back. You start not wanting to do anything. And this level of stress, it hinders your performances. It further perpetrates the feeling of being a fraud. And we have to start understanding Breaking free requires recognizing these patterns and challenging negative self-talk. I did a podcast, I don't remember when, but I was talking about how we are our biggest haters. We hate on ourselves so heavy, it's actually freaking insane that we'll create something that's super tight and we'll really be on some... It ain't that fresh. And we'll delete it. I'll write a poem and be like, yo, this is crazy. And then I'll be like, nah, they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna rock with that. They don't, they ain't gonna understand. We do that so often. And it doesn't make no sense that we don't even have to go outside to receive hate. We don't have to post online to receive hate. We have it in our minds that we aren't good enough for whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. We have those societal standards stamped into our mind that at this age, we got to do this, we got to do that. We have it to where, oh, I'm this age, so if I just now try to start, you know, I'm way behind and da 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 nobody's going to be interested. We haven't even attempted it. We haven't even even tried to put anything out, try to say anything. Like I told y'all before, when I started this podcast, I started it for me. I needed to be able to release. I needed some type of therapy for myself. And I needed to, to hear stuff from regular people who don't have access to million-dollar therapists and don't have access to being able to go to vacation after vacation and see how they move. And see how they maneuver through it. And I couldn't find it. So that made me say, okay, there's somebody out there looking for it, just like I'm looking for it. So listen, I'm, I'm going to do it. 
I've got negative comments on this podcast before. I got positive ones. I got constructive criticism. I got pure hate. It is what it is. But here's the thing. I'm doing this for me too. So if it's not constructive, the opinion doesn't matter. I'm just trying to show you what's, you know, somebody diagnosed with clinical depression, anxiety, paranoia, how we move. It's okay. I'm not ashamed. It don't change who I am. I still fight, fuck, cook, sleep, take care of my kids, just like everybody else. Pants, one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I just have my moments. What's even more crazy is that imposter syndrome, it's not limited to it's not limited to any demographic. That's what's insane. This don't affect actors, athletes, professional, prof professionals from all walks of life. It's just that certain people are just not going to say it out loud because of their status in the world. And I think that's what the problem with people healing is that we don't see enough people willing to talk about the struggles that they go through so that it's like oh, okay cool dang you you struggle with that but you're so successful how'd you how'd you process that how did you get to that point that's the one of the reasons like i i used to say at the beginning of the podcast or at the end of the podcast like early on hit me up make a comment you know whatever we let's talk let's let's create conversations out of this not because I want to be nosy, but because I might be going through and getting through something you need and vice versa. So I want to know how you got through with that or how are you getting through that? This whole movement for me, my my apparel, Peacefully Flawed, it's to be ta something tangible. So when you're going through, you can look down and you can see this tree of life and you can know you're not by yourself and it is okay to be flawed. Embrace that. Perfection equals death. Stop. What are you doing? You're supposed to be flawed. Those things are, are stepping stones to get you, uh, uh, to elevate you to the next level of where you need to be. I've personally struggled with imposter syndrome throughout my life. Like despite any type of success that I've ever had, like I, I've constantly questioned my abilities and in the same, in the same breath downplayed them. Cause I don't want to seem arrogant. Like I don't, I don't want to seem cocky and that has taken a toll on my mental health and it affects my confidence and it causes unnecessary stress. It really, really does. Like, I be going through it for no reason just from me not wanting to sound arrogant. Like, I went from not wanting to be a, a shadow of my siblings to not wanting to be the uncool friend uh, to wanting to prove I was worthy enough in relationships. And no matter what happened, I I felt empty. When I was doing all that to, to try to avoid life, pretty much, I just... I felt empty. I felt empty because I was pouring so much out. I was pouring everything out, but I wasn't being refilled. 
It wasn't coming back. The love, the passion, the care, the empathy, the under, it wasn't coming back. And when I was young, I didn't understand that. My mind said, yeah, okay, they're going to see it soon. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep showing them. They're going to see it soon. Like I told my kids uh, yesterday, I shouldn't have to ask you to respect me when I'm giving you an example of respect. I shouldn't have to ask you to clean up after yourself when you when I'm giving you an example of when I cook, I'm rinsing, I'm washing, I, like I'm giving you these examples. And that's how I look at life. I shouldn't have to ask you for love, ask for care, for empathy, for understanding what I'm showing here. I don't ask of people what I'm not willing to give myself. I didn't understand the necessity of being fulfilled. It took me some time to understand it. Before I give away any piece of who I am, I was just like, nah, I, 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 it's outside in. Because that's what you're taught. Share. Think about it. I say this often. At, when you go to your first day of school, it's all about share this, share that. Even now, I can spend two, $300 in school supplies for my kids Send it to school and they gonna the teachers, the school, they're going to bust it down for every kid in there. They're going to bust it down for every kid in there. And when my kids come home, be like, yo, I don't got no pencils. And I'm like, well, what happened to the 40 pencils? Like, oh, they gave them out to other kids. Wait, what? Think about it. Like it, it took me some time to understand the necessity of being fulfilled before I give away any piece of who I am. At the sake of losing everything, I started choosing me. Like, really think about this. I started to take steps to rebuild myself, my love, my confidence, my joy of me. Which meant I lost some people. And in grieving the change, I understood that everyone would not grow where I'm trying to go. And it's okay. I learned it's okay to start over. But I had to start to understand Starting over from the same spot that led to the pain is not the right move. I had to learn to be okay with standing alone until I find a clear path of recovery. It's so difficult when you start trying to heal because you start to, you start to um, look arrogant. You start to look cocky, look conceited because you're no longer into the things that you were into before. You're no longer willing to take the lashes on the back that you were willing to take before because you have now found clarity and what your emotions are and what you're trying to be don't match who you are. And so when you start that fight and you, you get in that position to where you have to do it by yourself, people are not going to understand that. You're not going to understand that. Like I stated before, healing is everlasting. So there's going to be both good and bad times. And we have to handle both with honesty and clarity. We have to. We have to teach ourselves that it is okay to, to go through. It is okay to succeed, but we have to do it in a healthy manner. And we get lost in not wanting to look away or feel away or be away. Or we get lost in, oh, this person is going to think this. This person is going to think that. Oh, you know, they're mad at me because they're mad at you because you took away their addiction. We all have addictive behaviors. Everybody's not addicted to, to, 
drugs, to substances, to alcohol. A lot of people are addicted to controlling emotions. A lot of people are addicted to being in charge of another person. A lot of people are addicted to being the, the leader of the friend group, uh, the leader sibling, the, the leader of the family. Like a lot of people are addicted to that. And so when you pull back and you're no longer taking orders and you're no longer uh, following, quote unquote, the rules of what has been set because you see life a little bit different, that's when the conflict comes. That's when the argument comes. That's when, a, you know, you get that idea. You're not better than nobody. You're not this, you're not that. And it's like, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm trying to be a better version than who I was yesterday, last week, last month, last year. Building self-awareness is crucial. Recognizing when you've fallen into imposter syndrome, into the imposter syndrome trap is very important. That's one of the biggest things for me um, is recognition. I'm very good at recognizing my mood swings when the fog is heavy. I'm very good at um, regulating my emotions. So if I have to respond to someone, I'm responding to that issue and not responding to not responding to that issue with the weight of everything that has been on my shoulders that has nothing to do with this particular thing. I personally, I challenge my negative thoughts by making sure um, I'm gathering receipts of the achievements, right? So like if I'm feeling a way about not selling something this week for the store, I go look and be like, oh, but last month you you sold this. Like, so just stay consistent because everything is not going to sell out, right? Um, if, I, if I'm feeling down about the podcast, I go look like, oh, look, we're in 27 countries. Like it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who don't like it. It doesn't matter who don't purchase. It doesn't matter who don't like a post or what have you. What matters is those that do. What matters is um, the love that you are receiving and you making sure that you are accepting that and understanding you are worthy of that. And again, it's not even all about just accolades. Like, even if it's just silent, you got to make sure that you're not taking silence as a bad thing. Like when nobody is talking to me about the podcast, the apparel, the book, like I'm not like I used to take that as negative. Like, man, like nobody's interested in da, 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 da. And I had to start learning that it is important for me to recognize those those moments so that I don't sit in it. I say this, and this one is a 50-50 for me because it's a difficult one. Developing a strong support system is vital. You have to surround yourself with people who uplift you and celebrate your accomplishments. You have to. Practicing self-compassion and Setting realistic goals also helps break the cycle of self-doubt. I have been in the position of struggling to find a support system. Because a lot of time, what you are looking at as a support system, the other person is looking at as competition 
and their their main goal is to best you while you're just looking for someone to just share like yo like who it was difficult you know writing a note for the podcast but I was able to deliver it was difficult creating this commission for this t-shirt but yo I was able to come out on top of it it was difficult to do, like you need people that are that are not in competition with you to say oh that's good you did this but look what I did I'm very big on Yo, it's not my turn. I'll be on the phone. I'll be in a text. I'll be in my group chat or I'll like whatever. And I'll find myself like, I, I'm talking about me. Right. So if I'm, so if Monday I had a bad day and I'm telling DW and Tati like, boom, 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 boom. This what happened. Yo, this is crazy. On Tuesday, if one of them have a bad day, I'm not like, oh, well, da-da-da-da-da, well, I, 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 I'm not like that. Even in relationships, like, um, you're going to have to tell me, right? You're going to have to tell me, like, yo, don't, don't not say it for the sake of not saying it. Because I'm very big on making sure that any type of communication that I have, I'm not taking up all the dumping time. That I'm not taking up all the venting time. If you are in a friendship or relationship where you're being dumped on constantly and you not able to not only dump that off of you, but also you get a chance to vent, that's not a relationship. You're being held hostage. I didn't learn that for myself. And I had to start separating myself from people who show no care of my accomplishments, but also gave no advice of my failures or to my failures. I had to stop hating on myself and build myself up so that now I know what type of relationship I'm willing to tolerate and not. I know what type of friendship I'm willing to tolerate and not. I've never been about mess. I've never been a messy person. I've never, that's just not, never been my thing, but not for myself. I just was like, I don't, that's, that's not the life that I want to live. I am professional at minding my own business. I do not play that. I don't like, I've been blocking people for the past three days because it's just messy. It's just messy. In the same breath, I want to let you guys know that you got to be careful with the support system that you create because, like I said, everybody not there to, to be helpful. They're not there for your success. A lot of people are not there for your success and growth. Some are secretly putting thorns in your hip to make you immobile. Trust me. Ultimately, embracing your true worth, accepting that we are not defined by our perceived failures and that success can coexist with humility is a key to combating these feelings. We have to start understanding that, right? It took me a while to get there to understand that success and failure can coexist. Neither makes you less than or more than. It just makes you you. 
Like for me, failures and mistakes are te- it, it's how you teach yourself to succeed. I used to get so down on myself on things that I didn't need to because I eventually figured it out. But my mind is stuck on why you didn't why you didn't think like this. And this is just crazy. I don't know if nobody else is like this. Once I figure something out and I've tried three, four or five times. Now I'm pissed at myself for figuring it out on some why you didn't think of this first. Not realizing it's the process of elimination. Mistakes a lot of times are going to get worse before they get better. A lot of times friendships is going to get worse before before they get better. Relationships. Because you have to teach people how you want to be treated. We wasn't raised this thing. So something to you that doesn't seem disrespectful or hurtful, it might be that way for me. So I have to tell you, hey. I don't, I don't like that. Now, if I tell you I don't like that, it makes me feel this way, and you continue doing it, now it's like, all right, I got to get away from you because you are not you you don't have no empathy or care. You're going to do what you're going to do regardless. I'm still in my learning phase of acknowledgement or acknowledging my accomplishments and accepting that I earned them. I truly ignore social standards, and I love on myself because what I think is an accomplishment, it may not be what the next person thinks. And I can't worry about things that do not help me grow. I just, I can't. I can't. My health is, is horrible. My life has so many ups and downs. It's certain things that I can and cannot care about. And I have to, I got to be okay with that. I have to be okay with that. Imposter syndrome's impact on mental health is profound, affecting individuals from all walks of life. But remember, you are not alone in this struggle. By recognizing its signs, challenging negative self-talk, seeking support, and embracing your true worth, you can conquer this. You really can't conquer it. And you can foster a healthier, more resilient mind. Remember, we got to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm extremely glad that we're going through this together. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for your Poetic Properties merch and Peacefully Flawed Apparel. We are officially starting our Stillborn Awareness Campaign. 20% of all sales from those items will go to March of Dimes for research on stillborn awareness if you want to donate to the podcast head over to good pods it is a great uh, app for hosts and listeners you can interact with your favorite host you can rate an episode right there in real time and again there's a tip jar there if you want to donate to the business you can head over to my twitter page the complex there's a tip jar over there if you are one that just like comment and share i do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart again we've reached 27 countries by you guys sharing and liking and and supporting i ask that you continue to do that and again www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex Remember, no matter the darkness, as long as we have air, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.